Sometimes life gives us lemons when we wanted strawberries or when we expected pineapples. I mean, what are we going to do with lemons when we are trying to make a fruit salad? These types of situations can leave us feeling stuck, not knowing what to do or where to go from there, and possibly unable to make any type of move for fear of what our decisions can lead to or lose out on. We all experience this energetic stuckness, whether it be from external circumstances, looking too much in the past, or even just general discontentment with our current situations. In this episode, we talk ways to change our perspective, to get that energy moving, and to be productive at setting that energy moving so we can consistently build long-lasting change. Essentially, we are giving you a cool, crisp sip of that lemonade. If you gain some insight and wisdom and appreciate this episode, feel free to support us by sharing this episode with like-minded individuals, rating or leaving a review on iTunes, or reaching out to Alexander to get your human design chart or reading or a destiny card report to further understand your authentic self because everything you're hearing on the podcast helps you a lot more when you understand your authentic energetic being. So thank you for listening. Much gratitude to everyone out there. And now let's journey. Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. This is the Wise Wise Podcast. I am Aaron. Hello, I'm Alexander. Welcome, everyone. Alexander is here joining us as we bring you tools and techniques that are practical to your self-growth journey. I just want to say I feel you guys... I've been seeing a lot of comments out there, a lot of energy going around, around people feeling stuck. And I feel like there's several reasons why this is happening. And I'm going to bring up a few of those top reasons that I've seen or that I'm sensing. And we're going to form a conversation around how sometimes we can feel stuck and we don't know what to do. And so we'll talk about why that could be and then give ways to break out of that just feeling of being stuck, whether it's a fear to move forward or just not knowing where to go to move forward. We're going to break all that down in today's episode. So Alexander, let's start out with just the general feeling in the world nowadays. I mean, we have a lot of fear coming on us around the pandemic. People could be struggling to make money to support their families. There's a lot of pressure out there and it seems like we're always living with an external pressure. So Alexander, I would love if you could come in here and maybe let's shift the perspective from getting stuck being a negative thing. And I feel like that also brings a lot of pressure, maybe guilt on one if they're feeling that. And let's spin it into what it could ultimately be within this philosophy. 
Well, being stuck, as with any topic that we take in this format, the whole idea is our second pillar covers polarity and the difference between polarity and duality. And we won't go into complete explanation of that, but this plane exists through the act of polarity. That means that opposites have to exist. And then it's really in our perception of how we judge those opposites as to our experience. So the idea of being stuck, sometimes people don't realize that they're stuck and other people are trying to tell them that they're stuck. Some people feel that they're stuck and just don't know what that next step is. They don't know what it's like to not feel stuck. Some people just have a certain feeling that they've felt their whole life of being held back or something like that. So the beautiful side of being stuck is that it can truly show you where you're at. And if you can stop judging it and just say, let me look at all of the things that I'm in resistance to, because resistance is what keeps people stuck. They don't like pushing through the resistance. So I want to be sure that we go in a direction here that helps everyone to follow kind of step by step. At the same time, there are many different types of feeling stuck. And I think that you had maybe some examples that you wanted to bring up and us get into kind of dissecting this a little bit. I do like that you did bring up the different examples of people and how they interact with getting stuck. Like you said, some people don't know that they're actually stuck. And then you also mentioned that some people know, but they don't know what to do about it. And then you also said that some people have always felt like they've been stuck. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really good that you've connected it to resistance. So my first question around that would be, how do people interact differently with resistance based on the different types that they could be? And here we're going to bring in the human design and maybe the destiny cards. I'm just interested in this because I know when certain people hit resistance, some people are all willpower and they'll just plow through it. And some people, as soon as they hit resistance, they back down because they feel like maybe they're not worthy or they can kind of take it as a sign or maybe even that it's not meant to be, but almost in a really negative way. Like I'm not meant to have this like Mm -hmm. a victim mentality there. So how would types interact with resistance differently? Well, we do get very specific in our private consultations and that's what he's bringing in the, both the astrological systems of the human design and the uh, destiny card system. But from a general standpoint, the idea of resistance is normally seen from a negative perspective instead of an opportunity to grow from the concept that most life and most growth on this plane comes from friction. And if you don't want something to grow, you stop feeding it friction. So that's why when we reach a resistance and people that are working on themselves are sometimes in question of whether they should push through or whether they should back off. And the first step that I want to share with everyone to just test yourself as far as an individual is to just do whatever isn't easy. A general rule in this philosophy is whatever is most challenging for you to do is going to give the largest rewards. So that doesn't mean that you just pick things to just be hard, just to be hard throughout your day. 
you're picking them intentionally that's challenging for you so you can work through that resistance that we're talking about. And when you work through the resistance, that's where people grow and expand. And there's many different definitions of experiences that people have. But normally that comes from pushing beyond a limitation. And so how do you know whether to do that or not? Well, one way to practice that is to look for threes. And if you run into three doors closing on you, you may want to take a step back and say, okay, do I need to look at this from a different perspective? But on the first time, as soon as you set an intention, I like to suggest that life is very funny. That when you set an intention, it can almost say, oh, okay, well, let's see how serious you are about this. So this is why willpower is necessary and even in self-development. So you will yourself through that closure. You will yourself through maybe a second resistance or closure. And then on the third one, if you get that again, you may want to just, like I said, take a step back, not close the door on that idea, but just take a step back and get a different view. Maybe trust that it's not the right time. But see, that's very important that a person has the perseverance and the willingness to push through some resistance in this world because that seen through physics is what builds energy and builds heat is that friction. So anything that we do want to grow is going to require friction. And in that, you know, self-judgment and doubt is going to come in. And so this is why also our view isn't that emotions are bad or good. They're just there to be messengers, to remind us of healing and work that we need to do. So hopefully this is starting to bring a different concept and a way of looking at this subject and will continue to expand as the uh, session goes on. So getting back to the three different types of feeling resistance that you mentioned I feel like the people who know and don't know what to do, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And also for the people who have felt that throughout their whole lives, we'll talk about that later. But I wanted to get to the people who don't know that they're stuck. Is there something that going forward, if people are listening to this, that they can put into their minds to always check in with themselves, either on a daily basis or biweekly basis, where they can just check in and it would help them know where they're stuck or if they're stuck in general? Well, I think, you know, a place to start is just with your contentment. Some people may call it your happy meter, just how much you're really enjoying your life experience. And of course, this view isn't the Pollyanna view of where we're trying to get everybody to see things in a beautiful light and that type of thing. So, This is more of accepting everything in balance and that polarity. Like I said, if you're going to have so-called good times, then you're going to have to go through so-called not fun or good times or bad times. But those polarities is what gives us that view and that understanding of a certain experience. So with somebody that is just maybe never even questioned if they're stuck, if you're following the things that you've been learning consistently from childhood – and you're playing roles that your parents played and you don't remember seeing that much happiness in their life and you're following a very similar pattern and you stop to really check in to see how content you truly are, some people hypnotize themselves and don't even realize 
And so they just get stuck in a pattern of this is what everybody does except for movie stars or musicians or artists or people like that. When in actuality, there's many different ways to live this life as we're going. So, see, there's no judgment there. I think everyone should just do a check-in themselves and just if that contentment isn't at a level that truly satisfies you, then just consider that you may have some areas of your life that you're stuck in. And the very first place to start is what we talk about consistently through this podcast is the five different levels, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. And you just go down each one and say, physically, looking in a mirror and taking in how I look and how I feel, am I truly content with that? And just maybe make a little list to the side. And if the check is should be simple, yes or no. And if it's no, then we can get to eventually what you can do to change that. And I like to suggest 20 minutes a day to start with, something like that. That could be just walking for 20 minutes a day is going to change the way somebody looks and feels. So see, this doesn't have to be complex. It can be as complex or as simplistic as you want it to be. Just the more you put in it, of course, the more results you're likely to get. But the consistency over a long period of time is what's the most important. So only start things at a rate that you can do for a long period of time. Have that thirst to want to do it more. And some days you're going to feel like doing it more and then some days you're not. But the thing is, is that you set consistently what you can uh, truly accomplish and you feel confident about it. And it should be below your threshold or limit. You want to be pushing that limit, but you don't want to be right up on it from the very beginning. And then you can go through the mental Or how do you feel about the way you see the world and the way that you communicate with those around you? And then same process. You can find things to entertain the mind, such as different TV shows, uh, books, getting back to reading, getting back in nature and just relaxing the mind, meditation. There's many different things uh, to get into once again to maybe try to start around 20 minutes a day. And then the emotional is... Really, if you feel emotionally well, and most people in our culture aren't because we weren't taught to process our emotions. So there's a lot of negative uh, connotations toward emotions. And again, in this work, we discuss emotional processing and that crying is a sign of strength as long as you're crying a release cry rather than a victim cry. And so... The emotions kind of go in the same way. How do you practice uh, emotional release? Well, then you can listen to music that touches you. You can watch a movie that touches you. You can talk to someone that you truly care about and take the time to tell them how much you care or how much they mean to you and activate those emotions and cry and show people that we're working to be an example that crying isn't a sign of weakness and it's a natural part of emotional processing. And then on the energetic to do a check-in with how do I feel about all of the people that are around me and my home? Does my home make me feel content? Does my workspace at work make me feel strong or am I intimidated there? So energetically is very connected to your environment and that's directly connected to the people around you. And so how can you practice energetic cleansing and strengthening? 
You can do Epsom salt baths with Himalayan salts, potentially lavender oil. I like a little coconut oil as well. You can make lavender sprays with essential oils and different blends of essential oils. You can use the gemstone selenite to help cleanse your field. You can get to states of meditation or certain uh, exercises like running even that gives you a certain kind of high. So anybody that lifts that or any experience that lifts that vibration that you can feel. And then there's the spiritual level and seeing that do you truly feel connected to that stronger and higher source, whatever you want to call that. Do you commune with it often? How do you practice that? And so I think this is part of getting into the deeper, but it's still basic, but it's still deeper than most people have any idea of. But this is maybe a great way to find out just where you are stuck. And then we can, you know, help you find a way out. So it sounds like in basic terms, we're really just bringing consciousness to each of the five levels to really do a check in and see where we need to adjust to kind of reach that equilibrium. And a lot of the things you were kind of mentioning have to do with creativity. And we've done a great episode, one of my favorites on being creative, bringing creativity back into your life. So I'll definitely link that in the in the show notes. And I definitely suggest that people check that out if they haven't heard it or heard it enough yet. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> so I thought that was a great, great general way of going through the five levels. And now I wanted to bring in one of my three examples that I kind of want to carry through. And with each one, maybe we can look at the details of why they're stuck and maybe even go through the five levels of how they could be suffering or having energy blockages on certain levels. And then we can refine within these examples some suggestions on how somebody who may be stuck this way can help themselves out and release that resistance to whatever it may be. So the first one is around, this is very timely, is around guilt. And we even mentioned that it could be like New Year's failures. Somebody who was all gung-ho on the new year and setting those resolutions and then the new year has come and we're already, as the time of recording this, we're already midway basically through January. And maybe if they haven't had enough discipline to lead up and follow through, they could be letting themselves down. Mm -hmm. They could be having self-judgment and all that guilt could be piling on for not doing what they kind of wanted to do at some point leading up to the new year. But it doesn't have to be around the new year. It can be guilt on many, many, many different levels. And I definitely have some self-guilt that I deal with on a daily basis. So this is personal for me as a lot of this work is, but especially this one. So let's, yeah, let's bring in somebody who's stuck because they feel guilt. Well, you know, guilt is a huge waste of energy because it's one of those constant nags. It's kind of like just having a small pinhole in your gas tank of your car. It's just going to slowly leak out, and you may or may not even notice that you have a leak because many people live in guilt, and often that gets trained to them in their childhood and how their parents manage them. And unfortunately, many parents parent with guilt as a tool, and it's very traumatic for certain types of children, you know, in the human design, how we break that down, we can show that's the beauty of that system is it shows your energetic makeup. So what I use it for in my private practice is to help people to understand how their environment as a child affected them. 
this helps to dissect the traumas and what traumas are there and how they got established and most important, what to do moving forward to help to heal that. So feeling like you just continue to let yourself down at the basis of that is many times people will get their emotions involved and get excited about discussing a change with somebody and they set the bar too high. Again, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. And one of the most crucial parts of getting unstuck or change or letting go of family lineage is the consistent effort that to just start something for five minutes a day. Earlier, I was saying 20 minutes. That's like optimally that if you can do it for at least 20 minutes a day. But if you can't, do it five minutes a day. Do it three minutes a day. But do it every day and do it at a similar time if you can because it creates a pattern. It creates an inertia of energy that helps you to, your body will start to feel pulled to go do that action at that time after you do it long enough. And also take into mind that it takes three weeks to make or break a pattern. And then it takes about three months to create a lifestyle. So use those for your little time tables that first you just want to do something for three weeks almost every day if you can. Like I said, the time duration isn't as important as the consistency. And then slowly you want to be in a point to where you don't have to use as much discipline, but you're yearning for more of it. When I teach meditation, this is one of the first places that I start is that you have to want to do it. I mean, so starting off trying to meditate for 20 or 30 minutes is almost impossible for most newbies. So starting off for just two or three minutes and when you can get your mind to be still uh, without a thought for just two minutes, that's huge. So just sit for three minutes every day. And most people have three minutes, but they're trying, they're setting their bar way too high. If you're going to try something like it could be some type of diet or some type of fasting or something like that, and you're trying it with a group of people, then set your bar and your measure at a point to just say, I want to try this for as long as I feel is healthy for me and it's not affecting my work and my family in any way. See, that gives an open-ended time frame instead of pressure of saying, okay, we're all going to do this for seven days and then three days, four days into it, everybody's not going to feel the same because everybody's not at the same place of their life. They're detoxing the experiences they've had, that kind of thing. So being careful when you set your goal to make sure that it's attainable over a consistent basis and then explain it in the beginning rather than having to not follow through on something and then deal with the judgment from others and judgment on yourself. So you mentioned somebody who wanted to start doing a meditation starting at like two to three minutes. I've been trying to put up consistently some of our three minutes of stillness on YouTube. So if anybody wants to uh, check those out, if they are trying to start a meditation practice and they do want to start with two to three minutes, we do have a few of those up on our YouTube channel right now. So you can check that out. But if somebody is feeling guilt, what are some like mental ways they could help with that? Well, having a type of mantra can go a long way. And 
what I like to call the overactive mind is the monkey mind. And I like to say that the monkey mind needs to be fed. So when it shows up and it wants to run an old or negative story, then have some type of mantra. In this philosophy, it's our five pillars that I developed for my own practice in many different things. And it's a reminder of some true truth that I feel at every core of my being. So no matter where I am emotionally, I can recite these five verses, we can call them, and those of you that have listened to other episodes, we talk about these pillars quite often, and especially on the mental level, like the very first one is find the divine order in the chaos. The second one is polarity versus duality, that polarity is found in acceptance of opposites, and duality is found in the resistance of opposites. And then everybody can be your teacher or every situation has something to teach you. And then number four is emotional responsibility and accountability. That as an adult working on yourself, you have the view that no one can make you sad. No one can make you mad. No one can make you angry. No one can frustrate you. That you take on the responsibility that, no, I'm allowing someone or this situation to affect me negatively or angrily or that type of thing, that the emotional experience in the moment is just teaching you and showing you that you have that emotion that you need to process, carrying it with you. You can't get angry if you don't carry anger with you. And then the final one is everything is vibration. So that means that everything's moving. There is nothing set solid on this whole planet. And that shows that any diagnosis is adjustable. Any pain is removable. Anything is possible. And that's where truly the spiritual lies in a lot of prayer and where you stand in, how you see the, the subtle energy world and our angels and guides and that divine energy and, and how you view all of that. Yeah, I can see how guilt is most likely like a mental perception problem because you're basically judging yourself for something that happened that you wish happened a different way. And, and I really feel like pillar one really handles it all where you're not trusting that everything is in divine order. It happened the way it happened for a reason, right? Yes, and if you can learn the lesson, see what many people think that they learn through like study or reading, but that learning turns to wisdom when you go through the experience of it. And so I have a saying that you only know what you know, and you only know what you've experienced. The rest is conceptual. So when you're going through some type of guilt to realize that you had to make that mistake, whatever it was, and believe me, I've made some mistakes in my life that was very hard to move past and let go. So I carry compassion for wherever you listeners are at with that. But when you can see that, no, this is what I learned that I did incorrectly. This is how I see differently to do it next time. And this is what I'm going to practice for a long period of time to correct this issue. That's what that monkey mind needs to be fed is where the 
failure was recognized. We call it the three R's. So the recognize is the first step. Then you learn to respect it, learn not to judge it, let go of that guilt because there's a lesson in it. And then there's a redirection that now I'm going to do this action repetitively over a long period of time and actually correct this action or this view of how I'm seeing myself right now. So it has the possibility to annihilate the guilt right away, and all you're doing is redirecting the energy and making it more useful to see what to change. Some call it solution-oriented thinking over problem-oriented thinking. Yeah, and you're taking something that could be seen as negative and turning it constructive, making use of it. And with that, yeah, I could see how the guilt would melt away. Yes, and that's why it's so important. The second pillar of polarity over duality is that when you understand that something that you don't like has to exist, no matter how much you don't want it to exist, it's going to then why not work toward acceptance and stop the fight of trying to overcome your adversary and just strengthen your team, so to say. And I think that this is a concept that many people are, whether they're viewing life through the 5D view or the the love language view or even religious views, to see that it's these overcomings and the thinking that other people are wrong and that we have the right answer is what creates all the wars. So I think we're growing closer and closer to a point of being able to see this on a large scale as humans, but we've got a lot of resistance still to go through because people still feel like their view is the right view and that everybody should see things the way that they do. But I do feel like we'll move through that as far as humans go. All right. Let's bring in the second example of a situation. Somebody who feels like they're being confined or they're stuck in the fear of external circumstances. And a bigger one is the fear of the virus, whether they're going to get it or ultimately altering their life to really live to not get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that can really change life. And almost like these people also have to deal with a lot of um, loss of the way life was because mm-hmm. of their perception shift. Yeah. And I think that once again, we're always going to bring things to a energetic view from this perspective. And to see again, that is something negative that most people view as negative to experience, and we just want to transform and redirect that energy. So the fear energy that's there can be redirected into educating and practicing things that counter that issue, such as the virus. So then a lot of energy can be put into uh, studying and practicing how to build the immune system how to clean your environment in your home, how to grow your own food, how to get back to a way of self-sustaining and nurturing and loving on a smaller level. Because some people are struggling out there in the corporate and business world and the way that things were. So these changes aren't all bad. They're just uncomfortable for most people. But in order for us to get more into uh, so-called real life, into that divine energy, into each other. If we're going toward intimacy, which is what 
most visionaries talk about. They just don't use that term. But most people are looking for deeper levels of intimacy. And from our view, this comes from this internal work. And while we're looking to take away the so-called good and bad and right and wrong out there in the world and to work with just redirecting the energy that if you find yourself in resistance to something, then find something on the other side to put it into beneficial. And that's why guilt is one of the most wasted energies because it's that you wish you would have done something differently normally is where guilt comes from. The thing is that you can You can start right now in this minute and you can choose something on one of those five levels, but understand that there's probably work on all five of those levels that needs to be done. Don't be overwhelmed. See, all that guilt energy can go into something productive of every day picking on something different to just work on a little bit and finding a way to be consistent with it. So the opposite of guilt is being proud of ourselves. And when we do something consistently, and we experience change, that is what gives us that chemical makeup to experience feeling good about ourselves, feeling good about accomplishments. And that's what's going to help negate this pattern of guilt energy. I think many people like to make changes on their own time and to have something like the pandemic kind of shake everything up and where people are forced to change or maybe not to change because they're resisting it. You can see how that would create some stuckness because if people are used to only doing stuff when they're prepared, Mm -hmm. then this would kind of rattle their cage. If they shift their perspective to use the pillar that everyone in every situation can be your teacher if you choose, that would kind of remove that resistance. Yes, yes. That's the thing that the general saying of what we resist persists. I mean, there's actually physics to back that up. So guilt and those negative emotions, judgments, you know, that's coming from resistance. Therefore, you're building that energy, resisting it, rather than directing it towards something that counters whatever your last decision was. And change is hard for most people, but you have to have the willingness and the true desire to do what is challenging for you. And that's why discipline is so important. And everything that we're discussing is really coming down to that, that you've got to make love with discipline to initiate change. But see, over time, over the three-week span and three-month span, it stops being a discipline. And that's what I want people to get through in their understanding is that Discipline does not mean that it has to be that way forever. And sometimes I feel that that's the way people look at it. Well, if I start this and I'm going to have this resistance forever. No, at some point your body and your mind and all five levels of your being is going to want that. Just like somebody that smokes cigarettes consistently or somebody that gambles consistently or somebody that does drugs consistently. All of those five levels, there's a part of them that pulls and yearns for that. So all we're talking here is just redirecting that energy and finding beneficial things to put your energy into. But the third R, the recognize, show respect, and redirect, that redirecting is the action. And that's what I'm pleading to people is get out of the conceptual view of change and everything that we discuss and get into the doing. And that's what the repetition of the doing is what brings about true change. 
Yeah, and then playing off of that, my third example was around somebody feeling stuck in their career or a relationship where they just kind of feel like it, it's not thriving. It's not they're not juicing on their work or the relationship isn't feeding them. This can kind of piggyback off of the fear one in a way because some people had to change their career from the pandemic. So how can someone shift their perspective in those certain situations to help free up? Because I, I really feel like a lot of these examples, it really all has to do with the mental. If we can just shift our perception, it unlocks a door. It releases that energetic buildup and it allows energy to just start free flowing from us and outside of us. And it allows us to get that excitement for life back. Well, you've heard me say plenty of times that our perception may be our only true free will. And with that, that comes from that we're influenced in almost every area of our life through our senses. And part of this work is to uh, stop being so influenced, to understand how we're being influenced and then not fight that influence, but choose just a different path. And in the process of doing that, we uncover our authentic selves. We step into things that can be scary, like being judged by our family, by our loved ones. And so this deeper internal work can bring a certain sense of like loneliness with it. And I've heard many people say once they start working on themselves, they can't be around certain family members, certain friends, and that's part of the natural process. But at the same time, we want to utilize, like if somebody feels stuck at their job and they still have that job or a relationship and they're still in that relationship, the first thing that I suggest is make sure that you can come to neutral before leaving that place. Get rid of your resistance to that person, to that job, and this is work through acceptance, through choosing to view your day or your environment, your experience through a different lens than your everyday lens. Like something as simple as what if you happen to have some type of health issue to where you couldn't go in every day, to where you had some type of accident that took your mobility away. So see, this is a practicing gratitude to just be like, man, I'm so thankful that even though I'm in this job that I don't like, I don't even know why I don't like it anymore. So let me go into that to help dissect that to see that might lead me towards something that I do want to do. So that's the point of getting to that neutral of let me stop this resistance to this environment. Let me find a way to be grateful in it and to see it from a different view. And that might lead me toward what I will be more content doing. If change has been forced on somebody, like they just lost their job, like a lot of performing artists and the arts got shut down, athletics as well. But if that happens, then many times this goes back to the first pillar to find the divine order in the chaos is kind of the definition of this is that you choose to have the perception of this door closed for a reason. And A, I neither need to take a break and maybe I need rest. Maybe I need to give my family attention. Maybe I need to find a way once again to be grateful for this. Or this is showing me that it's time for me to learn a new skill or to take this skill I've been developing but been scared to bring out and bring out. Maybe this has given me more time to be creative. It gave people plenty of opportunities to tap into their creativity, to tap into things that they had left behind and so there were so many wonderful opportunities. But again, we're getting back to that perception. 
Because, see, most people's perception has been trained by their environment, their parents, their school system, their job, their husbands, their wives. All of this has been trained. So very few people truly have the freedom of perception that they think they do. I went through this discussion with my brother many years back, and I asked him, do you know why you drive a Ford truck? And our dad drove a Ford truck. And then, do you know why you have an international tractor? Because our dad had an international tractor. Do you know why you're a Republican? Because our dad was a Republican. So see, I'm not pointing out that he's doing anything wrong. I'm just saying that his perceptions that he will defend so harshly have been trained to him. And those are the things that I've worked with this philosophy to dissect and take the things from my parents, my family lineage that were truly useful and beautiful, but the things that were limiting to just let them go and not practice them anymore. See, my parents and my family weren't wrong because they did the things that they did and they taught me the things that they did. It's just my responsibility to take accountability for my emotions and for where I am in my life and just simply stop those practices and then replace it with the third R of redirect it with different practices over a consistent basis, and you will have different results. Because ultimately, throughout a lot of this work, we're trying to find what is authentic to us. So if a Ford truck isn't authentic to you, Alexander, then you should tap into where that urge comes from, identify where it came from, and then you can separate it from you. Also, when we're looking for our authentic self, one thing that really does help is a human design chart and reading Mm -hmm. or a destiny card report, which really gets down to what energies you have throughout the year. All of these you do offer, and I wanted to plug these reports and readings that you do offer if anybody is out there and this is the first time maybe they're hearing about the human design or the destiny cards. How can they get in yeah. touch with you? And certainly at thejustphilosophy.com, we'll have a contact page that you can reach out in and contact me, and we will get a reading to go over your energetic makeup as well as your personality type and your higher self. And these two systems together just really helped me over the past 15 years professionally to help a lot of people understand what is their issues that they need to work on and what is the baggage from their family lineage. And again, we're not going into judgment of the family. We're just separating because we just need to release the baggage. But there's certain things within us that we need to work on to uh, be able to operate optimally in this world. And in my private practice, that was one of my highlights to help people to find that so-called authentic self. And and that increases the intimacy in most all of their relationships. But that does mean that there's going to be a lot of changes over a long period of time as well. It's kind of like you have a bag of M&Ms and maybe only the blue ones are really you. Mm-hmm. And all the other colors are all the other influences that you've had throughout your life. Visual. And the human design and the destiny cards help us to pour out that bag and really separate, okay, here are the blue ones, here's Mm -hmm. what I'm kind of made to do, and here are all the influences that have been urging me or moving me to think and feel and act in certain ways that Mm -hmm. aren't authentic to me. Yes, so for just a quick example, my family was a very work-oriented family and work ethics and push to be for you to be the best at whatever you were doing, the best it can be done. Although I benefited from that work ethic, at the same time, it was keeping me stuck because 
if you try to do anything the best that it can be done, then you're not going to have time to work on expanding other things. So when I stepped into being an artist, a uh, musician first in my late teens, this was very, very different from my family. Nobody had ever done anything like that. But me in both my human design type and my cards, I'm what's called a queen of hearts as my birth card or my higher self. And so, see, if I would have stayed on track with that work ethic, I would have never more than likely fell into being able to come from my heart to help people. And that's what my development has been is come from my mind and be able to take information but give it from my heart so that people feel more comfortable receiving it. And that's been a 25-year track of me working on that. And see, that was some of the training that my family gave me with the best of intentions, but it would have hindered me in my self-fulfillment. So I thank my family for everything that they gave me, and it's been my responsibility to just stop practicing the things that I didn't see was useful for me specifically. But again, there's no judgment on any of them. Yeah, you can see how that perfectionist mindset doesn't gel well with somebody who's made to be creative. Yes, yes, because you'll never write more than one song because that one song will never get finished. So I love the saying that perfection will get in the way of a good job. And I'd rather have a hundred good songs than just one phenomenal song. And that took a while for me to change my mindset. Because when I first started being a musician, I wanted to be the best bass player in the world. And so I studied and practiced a minimum of eight hours a day. But then it shifted once I got into sound healing that I'd rather be able to play a hundred different instruments well than just one instrument as a virtuoso. So all virtuosos, major high fives to you. You've put the time in and, and you deserve it. But in my life as an artist, I want to experience being able to write a whole song and play all the instruments on it, and that be my whole creation. That's just something that I really enjoy. Those people who master one instrument probably have more of a, a mental mindset around the art than yes. or technical mindset than they do... That art, and that style art of art and, is needed and appreciated as well. And in the beginning of my playing, that was more of where I was. I was coming from my head and technicality, and then it got more and more simplistic. And truly, that people that spoke to me and made my hair stand up. It wasn't about how talented they were; it was how much into their message they were in the delivery. I saw that it was vulnerability. So, with art, that started being my attraction point. Was artists that were willing to be vulnerable rather than technical. And I had to change my whole way of thinking, my whole way of being out here in this world to take on that. But I wasn't going to find contentment the other way. It, it is in this and in this path and the human design and the cards helped to validate that. It didn't direct it because I did it unknowingly for a big portion of my life. And then once I started studying the systems, I saw how everything had fell together. To close out this episode, I wanted to bring a big example of people getting stuck. And this just came to me in the middle of the episode is when people are on the fence about making a decision. And this, <laughs> this, I have a lot of experience with being stuck and not wanting to make a decision for fear of what each decision can ultimately bring with the loss of the other decision, you know, the other mm -hmm. side of it. So how can someone uh, get unstuck in that situation? Well, this is the spot that 
one of my most influential teachers helped me to see and share with me that sitting on the fence is the most uncomfortable place to be. And at that time, I'd spent a lot of time on the fence. People can make their decisions bigger than they really are because of the way the mind can put scenarios together. So choosing to look at life as more of an interaction rather than you being the dictator. This goes back to pillar one again. Another way I like to say pillar one is everything's in divine order, whether I understand it or not. So I happen to feel that we can't make the wrong decision. I've tortured myself a lot in the past feeling that I could. But when somebody leaves my driveway, they can turn left or they can turn right. But they turn one or the other. And then normally if I ask them how they made that decision, they can justify it uh, mentally and say, well, this is the closest way to get there. Well, why do you need to do the closest? Are you in a rush? My point is that they may turn left, and then as soon as they turn left, they start thinking about what could have been if they would have turned right. So maybe next time you come, you turn right, and you experience that. And not all decisions can be handled like this because sometimes there are major decisions that have to be made. But normally, if you'll stop and think, you're normally given more support than you give yourself credit for. And this is where angels and guides or energy or divine or Jesus, many different influences can come in for people and they label them whatever they want. So not being so willful with everything, but learning to sit and be still and just sit with it and see how it makes you feel. Ask somebody to ask you a question about it and pay attention to how it makes you feel, not just how it makes you think. And this is one of the specifics in the human design to help people to understand how they problem solve things. There are five different types of people, manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And all of those people process things different ways. Aaron and I happen to be the same type as generators, so we know more about what we don't like than what we do like. So ours is a process of elimination. My two sons are projectors. Theirs is a process of multiple choice and letting them choose. Open-ended questions overwhelm them. So this is why understanding your makeup is so important because it can help with these exact types of situations. And so... I would suggest that if you find yourself sitting on the fence a lot about things, then truly dive deep into studying your authentic self, get in touch with us, get a reading, and then we can help to show you how to start practicing a different way to build your intuition, to build your connection to the divine, and to sense with other areas rather than just the mind. All that was good. Alexander, so if anybody is interested in getting their human design or destiny card readings and reports, reach out to Alexander at thejustphilosophy.com. That will do it for this episode. Just want to send out gratitude for everybody listening. Thank you, everyone. So nice sharing with Aaron today, and hopefully um, you found some useful tidbits. And stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.